so grateful, so thankful to pray our hearts open, to pray our minds free. So grateful and so thankful to consciously open to the mystery. So grateful to call upon the higher Holy Spirit self to lead, guide, and direct us. We're saying yes to a wisdom, to an expansion, to a clarity, and a freedom that is our natural state. So we're remembering to be our true selves. We're letting go of the false identifications. We're doing it together with laughter and with joy. We're lightening the load and we're sharing the benefits with all beings because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. So uh, I'd just like to start with asking if people saw the email that I sent today about the the book, books. Yes. It, and if you haven't seen it, it, it's in your email. I encourage you to look at it. And one of the things is that I'm suggesting that we read this book, and I sent you the links and all that, and there's the audio. And this is my favorite version of it, the one with this cover, and I sent you the links to it as well. This version is out of print now, but um, it's uh, you can get it used from Amazon for like 2 $3, you know, plus 3 $4 for shipping. And you also can get get it on Kindle, uh, and there are other printings of it, and the only reason not to get them is sometimes uh, there's one version that we used, uh, I tried a couple years ago, and people were like, oh, it has so many typos in it, it's a little like that, um, and uh, the page numbers were different when we wanted to talk about things. But, you know, to me, that's not a giant deal. So do as you wish. I I really appreciate the audio recording of it. To me, it's very inspiring. Uh, the guy who reads it, it's like he really understands um, what the, uh, the, the, the book is about. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Uh, and, um, so has anybody already read this book? Vanessa, have you read this book? Yeah, Paula read it. Um, do you want to say anything, share anything about it? I think it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And sometimes I read it like, like it's a book of poetry. Like I just open up to some passage it's just always just so moving and so beautiful so I was very excited to see your email Jennifer and see we would all be sharing that together yeah yeah thank you Vanessa Paul you want to add anything yeah I it it was kind of shocking <laughs> how beautiful it is 
is. And that when you allow yourself to immerse in it, it takes you to that place. Right. And and then you look back at when it was written and everything, and and it's like, wow. Yeah, written in 1912. Wow. Yeah. Published in 1912. I'm so glad we have it with us. Yeah, and he is a Christian my- mystic, and um. Yeah, it's a classic in New Thought uh, circles. And um, I'd like to read you a bit of it. And, you know, we can discuss it as much or as little as people would like, depending on how you feel. Um, but it is, it, it's like A Course in Miracles, if, if A Course in Miracles were written by somebody who had this, who was an inspirational speaker. And, of course, Jesus, the man who walked the earth, was an inspirational speaker. Um, But that doesn't always come through in A Course in Miracles. You know, like the encouragement, it's there, but it's not, of course, it's a much bigger book. So it covers a whole lot more, a whole lot more. So this is really just this focused nugget of inspiration. It's really just one big uh, go for it speech, you know, in a sense. And the guy who reads the, the audio book, boy, he really got that. And I think he definitely had some good coffee before he read it. So, um, but I, I'll tell you, uh, I read this and I remember sitting in my meditation chair in my bedroom in LA when I first read it. And, um, and I'll read a few pages. Uh, oh, maybe I'll even read a whole couple pages. Um, and it, it completely shifted me like a permanent shift. So, um, about abundance and prosperity. So if you had this version already, it would be on page 75. So it's, it's the intro. Oh, that's the other thing is some of the versions don't have these little intros. I don't think which I don't quite understand because I think it's divorce. I don't know who published this. Um, so this is the intro to uh, chapter eight. And eight it's interesting because eight's also about, eight is the numer- number for prosperity. So he, he writes here, and I wonder, I have you just you know give me just a second because I didn't think of this before but I'm going to pause the so the thing about some of the other versions about uh oh, I don't know what I just did there um oh, gosh. I'm having a zoom trauma day um He writes these gold, solid gold nuggets at the beginning of every chapter. Or it's a, like a preface 
to the chapter, and it's not in some of the versions, which is not a huge deal, but um, there it is. Um, so he quotes from the Bible that says, Be not anxious for your life. And then he writes, Live your life according to the very highest light that is within you. Use fully and well all the powers that you have received. Give your best to the world at all times and under every circumstance and depend upon the infinite for everything that existence may need or desire. You will receive it. You need not be anxious about anything. God is greater than anything that can possibly happen. Have faith in him, in God, and God will see you safely through. Things go wrong only when you fail to be your best and fail to take God with you in everything you do. It is therefore in your power to place yourself in that position where everything will go right. The lilies of the field are all that beautiful lilies can possibly be, and they depend wholly upon the powers divine that are within them. Accordingly, they are an inspiration to all the world. So the lily depends entirely on the power that is within it. And, of course, it receives the sun, the water, the soil, everything that's necessary for it to prosper. And they're an inspiration to the whole world. And the same is true for us. Let us not play small anymore. So then um, I'll, I'll read chapter 8 here and I'll share, um, if I can, yes I can, uh, this from, let's see if I can make that sidebar go away. I don't know how to make that sidebar go away. Can, oh, wait. No. All right. Be that way. Be that way. So here, you, you can all see that, right? Oh, I can make it a little bigger, I think. Oh, create a flashcard deck. I don't want to create a flashcard deck. No. All right. So this is page 77. It's in, the chapter 8 is entitled, And All Things Shall Be Added. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33 The kingdom of God is within and manifests through man as the spiritual life. His righteousness is the right use of all that is contained in the elements of the spiritual life. The spiritual life being the complete life, the full expression of life, in body, mind, and soul. It is evident that the right use of the spiritual life will produce and bring everything that man may need or desire. The source of everything, God, has the power to produce everything, providing the power within that source is used according to exact spiritual law. The spiritual life being the source of all that is necessary to a full and perfect life and the kingdom of God within 
being the source of the spiritual life, we can readily understand why the kingdom should be sought first and also why everything that we may require will be added when the first thought is given to spiritual living and righteous action. Righteous action, however, is not simply moral action, but the right use of the elements of life in all action. To To seek his kingdom first, it is not necessary to withdraw from the world, nor to deny oneself the good things that exist in the world. To seek the kingdom first is to give one's strongest thought to the spiritual life and to make spiritual thought the predominating thought in everything that one may do in life. In other words, go to God first for everything. Place your greatest dependent upon God's power to carry you through everything and live so close to his kingdom within that you are fully conscious of that kingdom every moment. To seek the kingdom first, the heart must be in the spirit. That is, to live the spiritual life must be the predominating desire. But the mental conception of the spiritual life must not be narrow. In brief, that conception must contain the perfection of everything that can possibly appear in life. To think of the spiritual life as being distinct from mind and body is to deter the spiritual life from being expressed in mind and body. But what is not expressed is not lived. To think about the spiritual or to feel the emotional power of the spiritual is not sufficient. But that is as far as the spiritual life has been taken by the average person that the other things were not added, is therefore no fault of the law. The spiritual life must be thoroughly lived in mind and body. The power of the spirit must be made the soul of all power. And the law of spiritual action must be made the rule and guide in all action. When the spiritual is lived in all life, the richness, the quality, and the worth of the spiritual will be produced in all life. And spiritual worth is the sum total of all worth. To enter the kingdom within is to enter health, harmony, and happiness. Because these three great principles reign supremely in the spiritual life of man. Therefore, by seeking the kingdom, health will be added. Harmony will be added. Happiness will be added. It is impossible to be sick in the spiritual life, and discord and unhappiness can no more exist in such a life than darkness can exist in the most brilliant light. But to seek the kingdom is not sufficient. We must also seek his righteousness. If we misuse any organ, faculty, function, or power anywhere in body, mind, or soul, We cannot remain in health no matter how spiritual we may try to be. To seek his righteousness is to use everything in our world as God uses everything in his world, which means in harmony with its own nature, in harmony with its sphere of action, and in harmony with the law that tends upward 
and onward forever. Righteous action is that action that is always harmonious and that always works for better things, greater things, higher things. To enter the kingdom within is to enter more power because there is no limit to the power of the spirit. And the more power we enter into or become conscious of, the more power we will give to mind and body. In consequence, the more spiritual we become, the stronger we become, the more able we become, the more competent we become, and the more we can accomplish whatever our work may be. And he who can do good work in the world invariably receives the good things in the world. To his life will be added all those things that can make personal existence rich and beautiful. To enter the kingdom is to enter the life of freedom. There is no bondage in the spirit. And as we grow in the spirit, we grow out of all bondage. One adverse condition after another disappears until absolute freedom is gained. All bondage comes from incompleteness in living and misuse of life in doing. But the spiritual life is full and complete, and it follows the law of righteous action in all doing. Therefore, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, perfect freedom in all things and at all times will invariably be added. When we seek first the kingdom, all other things are not added in some mysterious manner, nor do they come of themselves regardless of our conscious effort to work in harmony with the law of life. That is the law of being and doing all that lies within the power of life. We receive from the kingdom only what we are prepared to use in the living of a great life and in the doing of great and noble things in the world. We receive only in proportion to what we give. And it is only as we work well that we produce results. But by entering the spiritual life, we receive as much as we may require in order to give as much as we desire. And we gain the power to do everything that is necessary to give worth and superiority to our present state of existence. When we enter the spiritual life, we gain every quality that is required in making life full and complete in our own state of being. And we gain the power to produce and create in the external world whatever we may need or desire. In other words, we receive everything we want from the within. And we gain the power to produce everything we want in the without. We therefore need never take anxious thought about these other things. By seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, we shall positively receive them. The way will be opened. And we shall be abundantly supplied with the best that life can give. Depend upon me. I will provide. This is the word eternally spoken from on high. And every awakened soul has learned the message. But the few alone have discerned its real interpretation. God is rich. And nothing is too good for the children of God. The spirit of the infinite will provide. Not bare necessities, but everything. Ask what thou wilt, and I will answer thee. It is the will of God that we should seek everything that is good, worthy, and beautiful. 
The life of man should be full and complete. Human existence should be rich in body, mind, and soul. For this is the great divine purpose. To think that we must live on bare necessities in order to be spiritual is to limit our faith in the goodness and power of God. The kingdom of God is at hand now. We are expected to enter now. And this kingdom is abundantly supplied with everything that can enrich perfect, enrich, perf perfect, and beautify human life. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all the other things shall be added. Not simply enough to live on, but all things. The love of God is infinite, and we cannot think of infinite love as wanting to give less than all. God has the power to give all. He also has the desire to give all. And therefore, every soul may at any time receive all that presents, that all that present development can take possession of. And as I'm reading that, what I got a flash of is Saul on the road to Damascus. And he had that encounter with Jesus that transformed him. And then he took the name Paul. And he became that great um, proselytizer and apostle for the teachings of Jesus. And he was transformed in that instant from a persecutor of the Christians to the great proselytizer. Something happened in Saul's mind. He saw something in his mind. Perhaps he had an instant of realization and self-forgiveness was instantaneous. Perhaps because he had an encounter with Jesus in which Jesus did not judge him. You know, Jesus had already been crucified and he appeared to Saul. And in the light of Jesus' own complete and total compassion and understanding, perhaps Saul was able to forgive himself instantaneously and that opened his mind. So we don't know. I, I don't, I sure don't know. It doesn't really matter. But what matters for me is so often, uh, because our mind is trained to think everything is conditional. Healing is conditional. Abundance is conditional. Love is conditional. Um, freedom is conditional. Uh, wisdom is conditional. Everything is conditional, conditional, meaning you know, that healing, things have to take place. Healing takes time. You have to go through a process. Uh, and abundance, it's you have to earn money. You have to uh, do things in the world. All, everything takes time to the uh, ego. Everything is a process that the ego is in charge of, and that's, how the transformation occurs. But it's just not true. And what if we 
realign ourselves so that we are Everything okay there, Scott? What did you say? I can't unmute you. I was just getting something to sh share uh, that what you were saying was reminding me of something. Oh, cool. So, um, it's, what, what he's talking about here is if you'd like to experience this level of prosperity, this level of wholeness, this level of freedom, this level of harmony, then what we must do is truly to be in the place of, and, and this is where my work is every day, that I, you know, some days I check in and I'm like, what am I to eat? And other days I just mentally think, Oh, I'm going to have eggs this morning. I feel like having eggs or, you know, oh, I, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a mental process. It's not an intuitive process. Or sometimes I'll think, um, you know, I'm going to go run these errands then because I have a, an opening in my schedule. But I, I don't think about, is that really what I'm guided to do in that moment? Right? So for me, what I, the, my, where my, spiritual practices it's in this uh moment by moment who's directing me am i checking in and it, it's you know what it is it's developing a new habit right so we're mostly trained that we make decisions based on our past we make decisions about what to have for lunch based on what what's based on the past, meaning based on what we've enjoyed in the past, based on what's left over in our refrigerator or what's to be, you know, used up in the refrigerator, what, what we shopped for earlier. Uh, we make decisions about um, what to watch on Netflix based on the past, right? Always, we're making so many decisions based on the past. That's how our mind is trained to work, that we are analyzing what's going on now and referencing the past. So what he's talking about here is coming out from among them and really uh, doing a, a different experience of... Um, uh, our life, our day-to-day decision-making. You know, and at first, it, it really can seem uh, exhausting. It's too much. Uh, I can't think of these things all the time. And um, it's very challenging, et cetera, et cetera. I, I was sharing something to the um, spiritual counseling students earlier, and... Um, I'm just going to bring it up to you now. Um, I want to share a graphic with you. I'm just uh, looking for, um, okay, this will work great, I think. 
Um, come on. Oh, maybe not. Um, where? So uh, I'm just going to use this little graphic here. I was talking about the path of mastery. And I talk about this from time to time. Sometimes it comes up on retreats. So just showing you this staircase image here, right? So in our path of mastery, I talk about a spiraling up and the, the spiral goes, uh, it doesn't go straight up. It, it, it kind of goes down and then up and then down and then up. But another way to mentally picture the path of mastery is as a staircase. So you start here, let's say you're, you're on this level and you have a leap of consciousness. Right? Your mind has a new concept, and you leap to the next level of awareness. Your vibration lifts up, and now you, you have this new awareness, this new view of your life. Right? So the, it, to the ego's perception, that leap in consciousness is where the work happens. Like that's the big job to lift yourself up to that next layer of consciousness. And uh, but the real work is not in the leap. The real work is embodying the vibrational shift. So that you are you don't fall off the, the level back to the old ways. And what it seems like is, it seems as though we teeter-totter, that we fall back down and go back up, fall down and go back up. Uh, but it's really what we're doing is we're adapting to this new level. That's what we're doing. We're shaking off the temptation to go back to the familiar vibration. And so this is how this is how a true master accomplishes the, a task of waking up is you have a leap in consciousness and you embody it, you embrace it, you allow yourself to shift into that higher vibration. Now, what's going to happen in this leap and shift into the new uh, higher level, the higher vibration? is that you're going to be challenged in your identity. Because you're identified with the vibration of the lower level. And so it's, it's a real, it's usually a real effort for many people to consciously identify with the higher vibration. And so this is why we all go through this period of wobbling and like, oh, no, I've I, I lost my progress. Oh, my God. You know, I, I've talked with so many spiritual students that say, you know, I was really doing well. I had my spiritual practice. I was praying every day. Things were getting well for me. And then my mother-in-law came for a visit, you know. And uh, 
God, she was so annoying and so pesky, and she really tried my patience. And I noticed that, oh, I just, um, I started to have wine at night while she was there, and she was with us for two weeks. And so I just stayed in that habit of having wine, and I forgot about praying. And what really happened? What really happened there? Well, she started judging her mother-in-law, right? She started attacking her mother-in-law. She started feeling inferior, right? Believing some of her mother-in-law's criticisms or whatever. And so to drown it out, she's drinking the wine or he's drinking the wine or whatever. And then that became the new habit. It, it seems like they fell back into the low vibration. But then they reach an intolerance threshold. I don't like this low vibration. I've had enough of this low vibration. I'm done with this low vibration. I mean it. I'm calling up my prayer partner. I'm going to start praying again, and I'm not going to buy any more wine, and I'm going to do things differently. And they get right back into it, right? So they just, they just had, they needed that contrast experience. So they could have the contrast of their old lower vibration with their new higher vibration and say, yes, now I remember that low vibration is not for me anymore. I'm moving on. I'm sure of it. You know, and I've had the experience where I did that dip down hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Now, I mean, I'm sure of it. Not just once or twice, but hundreds of times. Maybe not for three months. Maybe it was for one day or whatever. But it's we learn through contrast. I, I mean, just hundreds, maybe thousands of times I would go, that's right. That's not for me. That's not my way. But then I get triggered and I go back to the old lower vibrational way. So, but it, it didn't feel good. I didn't like it. I couldn't stay there. And then I learned not to judge myself if I did it. So maybe 50,000 times I did it and I judged myself. And then one day I said, you know, I'm not going to judge myself anymore. If I, if I fall off the step and go back to the old step, so be it. I'm, I'm going to just say, well, that happened. I learned. I'm moving on. No judgment. You know? Doing the best I can. Just doing the best I can, people. That's all I got for you. Moving on. Not talking about it. Don't need to think about it. That happened. It's over. Moving on. And so then that was a huge raise up for me. You know, and then I did that for another 50,000 times. And then slowly I began to see that's just not my way anymore. So, and I was talking about this in the radio show today. The show was about intuition and ego. And the thing is, that still small voice is a very high vibration. 
And it's constantly broadcasting. Constantly. Message after message after message after message. Guidance after guidance after guidance. Direction after direction after direction. Constantly. Every second. Every single second. Fresh insight. Every single second. It never stops broadcasting. Never. Ever. In our dreams. All the time. It's always broadcasting. However... If we're operating from a low vibration, we'll think it's not there. It's just like sometimes, this happens to me on a regular basis. I'll go into a space and I'll say, is there anything we can do about that that high-pitched sound? And people will say, what high-pitched sound? I'll say, you don't hear that high-pitched sound? And then they'll say, no, I don't hear any sound at all. I don't hear any, no, I don't hear anything. And I'll say, okay, let's see if I can figure out what it is. And I'll be like, I'll, you know, go do a little cognizance or whatever, uh, reconnaissance. And then, uh, oh, it's, uh, it's that refrigerator or it's that light fixture. And I'll be like, come stand right over here under the light fixture. And then they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can hear something, I think, now. It's just, you know, and some people can smell things that other people can't smell, right? It's, so it's a vibration for us to hear that higher voice. So the more we choose love, the more we choose, you know, okay, spirit, what am I to eat? You know, and I've had so many times, too, where I have a refrigerator packed full of food that I bought based on my history. And spirit will say, yeah, none of that. Go out and get this. And I'm like, really? I got all this food in the refrigerator. What? So then it's just a question of, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to follow the high vibrational guidance or not? You know, like spirit will say, so so often when I was younger, somebody would do something and I would think, I'm going to stab them with this thought. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to slap them in the face with my counterpunch, you know, because I, that I, they're freaking me out. They're threatening me. I will not be threatened. And then, and my higher self would say, very quietly, don't, don't say that. Don't do that. That's not going to get you what you want. And I'd be like, F you. I'm doing it anyway. Nobody's going to treat me like that. This is threatening me. I need to send them a clear message. I will not be messed with. And the spirit would say, that's, that's not going to get you what you want. They'll mess with you more. I don't care. I need to do this. I need to throw a punch. Because I feel threatened. And then I throw the punch, you know, verbally. And uh, it would turn into a big thing. And then I'd feel like a stupid moron. Like why? I knew it wasn't going to go well. I knew it. I knew it clear as day. I was forewarned. Why don't I ever listen? What's wrong with me? But you see, that was my ego just looking to follow my belief system. 
I believe there's something terribly, unfixably wrong with me. Oh, I just proved it. Right? Good day for the ego. Right? But eventually, I, I stopped doing that. Because I, I started to raise up to a higher vibration. And so the lower vibrational thoughts, I, I still feel them and see them, but I'm not congruent with them anymore. So they don't appeal to me. I don't choose them. But I'm still witness to their availability, those lower vibrational ideas. So what he's talking about here is really, you know, when we think of putting God first in our life, what does that really mean? I think most of us have a misconception about what that really, really means. What does it mean to put God first in our lives? So that's our breakout question. What, what does it mean to put God first in our lives for us? And are we doing it? Are we thinking about doing it? Are we afraid of doing it? Does it seem like it's too much? What does it mean to put God first in our lives, to seek the kingdom first, to seek the connection with God first before we brush our teeth, before we get dressed, before we shower, before we go to work, before we go into that meeting, before we pick up the phone, before we sit down to dinner? What does it mean to seek the kingdom first? the high vibration so the the consult with spirit what does it mean and where do we stand with it does it frighten us does it excite worry us does it repulse us do we think it's too too much any questions before we go into a breakout if so you can just unmute yourself while I set up the breakout. All right. Any discoveries, any ahas, any insights? Paula. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was really wonderful. Um, that that really a wonderful topic, and <clears throat> I was thinking when you were saying when you were discussing it with us before we went into breakout, I thought to myself, well, if we get into the flow of the divine, then we don't have to keep stopping and going. Am I in the flow? But then, so, but, but and I was going to ask you about that. And then I kind of got the answer to the question from you, which is the divine alarm clock. It's like if I wake up in the morning and, or if I sit down in front of my work and I go, okay, bless this situation. I'm only here 
to be truly helpful, etc. And then I'm in it and I'm feeling like I'm in the flow and being guided. But when I feel I'm, you know, triggered or when I feel less than that, that's the divine alarm clock. Right. And and so that was the answer to my question. You know, when do you, when are you reminded, hey, you're not in the flow? It's like, okay, I feel that. Um, do I listen? That's the question. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's about instead of uh, berating ourselves for not listening, right, instead we go, huh, I wonder why I decided not to listen. What what was that about? Yeah, I'm overpowering it with my own ego. Um, yeah. I can do this <laughs> by myself yeah. <laughs> until I can't. Yeah, or our intuition is to uh, stay home, and you know, on Friday night. And to uh, do some forgiveness letters or some journaling or to just be quiet, listen to some music, take a bath. We say, no, no, I'm going to Kevin's party and uh, I'm going to, on the way there, I'm going to stop and get him a gift. and And then everything about our experience it becomes drawn drawn out it's hard we have to go to three different stores to get the gift we want and uh, we arrive late at the party and then someone we didn't want to see is there and then we get into a snarky conversation with them and then you know blah 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 and we go home thinking well that was a giant waste of time I just ran all over town I feel exhausted and I spilled red wine on my white dress and, you know, F it now. I'm going to drink a half a bottle of red wine and who cares if I pour it all on my dress. I just, you know, and I'm going to pass it out. And so we learn through contrast. Not that it has to be that scenario, you know, but it's just um, ego never has a better idea. Ego's never more efficient or effective. It just isn't. How could it be? Uh, on the radio show this morning, I, I told the story of um, I was finishing up getting the getting out of the house in Maine after the family had been there for two weeks, and there were like ten or twenty more things to do than I realized that had been left undone by the family. So I was uh, getting stressed about how long it was taking and how I was being delayed on my trip a bit. But I just kept saying, don't just, just do what needs to be done and, and don't stress about it, Jennifer, you know, so you're going to be arriving late. Life will continue. It's not a, a big deal. And, um, I was cleaning up this one bathroom and I I remembered that the sink wasn't draining properly. So I tried hot water and 
and whatnot. And then I, I realized, okay, something's in here. And my nephew had left this toothbrush that I was going to put in a plastic bag and bring back to New Jersey and say, you know, is this your toothbrush? Uh, it was just a regular toothbrush. It was no fancy toothbrush or anything. And uh, and then I realized, oh, you know what? Let me use this toothbrush to stick it into the uh, drain and see what's in there and pull it out. And it was just hair, you know. So I pulled out an ungodly amount of hair out of the sink there. And, um, and that toothbrush was just the perfect thing because I said, oh, you know, spirit, what am I going to do about this drain now? And spirit just instantly said, take that toothbrush and stick it in there and pull out the hair. And I did. And I thought, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Have you ever done that? Taking a toothbrush and, okay, but people, apparently it's secret uses of toothbrushes that I didn't know about. But that was just like, to me, it was a miracle. Because boom, that was instantaneously healed, you know, in 60 seconds or less. So, when we're in tune with the infinite, we just go, God, what am I going to do about this? You know, instead of thinking about it, just, God, what am I going to do? Will you show me what to do? And I, I was reading the passage in the radio show this morning about those who are truly helpful are invulnerable. Invulnerable. Those who are truly helpful are invulnerable. Why? Because, as it says right in that section, because we're not trying to protect our ego. Therefore, we are not vulnerable. Only those who are trying to protect the ego are vulnerable. There's so many benefits to putting the kingdom first that we could never list them all because it's infinite. There are zero benefits to putting the ego first. But the thing is, is I wanted to go to the movies. I did not want to sit on my meditation cushion. I wanted to tune out, not tune up. And I was committed to my plan of zoning out. And so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, it's just things like that. It's not important, so I don't check in. But, you know, think of it this way. You do, especially those of you who are in a relationship or you've been in a relationship, any kind of relationship, imagine that you are going to be cohabitating with someone that you never talked to. You know, are you going to buy the groceries for... You're you and your partner, but you never consult your partner what they'd like. And then they're constantly saying, you know, I don't like this. I don't want this. This is not good. But that's kind of what we do. Well, I wanted chicken pot pie. Why don't you want chicken pot pie? Because I'm vegetarian, that's why. I keep telling you I'm vegetarian. You keep coming home with barbecue, you know, not tofu, but ribs. I don't eat things with ribs. <laughs> so anyway, 
Who? That's great, Paula. Who else? Stop. My turn. Yes. Okay, great. Um, so I've I've been having a very uh, profound uh, experience the past few weeks. Um, uh, the opportunity I've had of being unemployed, um, I've it's deepened my connection with God, and I've been um, journaling with God, and God is uh, talking with me um, in such, uh, and it's I really wouldn't trade it. Um, this uh, for anything because it's brought me so much closer to myself. I'm much more forgiving. I'm uh, much more trusting, and it's it's just so beautiful. And 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 um, so God had told me something about unconditional. That's what I was looking up before when when I was a little distracted. But uh, it, and it's just it's such a beautiful experience. It's really changing my life. And um, and um, I also got a um, I don't know what. I have two things I want to share at the same time. When you were talking about the road to Damascus, um, like, um, and like the shift, like I, I years ago I held this baby chick to my heart, and like it just did something. Um, it just opened opened up my heart, and like I I couldn't eat meat anymore because it just totally changed me. Um, and that's how I feel with God. And um, I just got a call from a principal today saying that um. She's trying to create a, a position for me to to work with blind students upstate, and um, so if you could pray for me, I that would be like a dream, dream job uh, for me, and um, uh, so be you know be able to help all these blind students and help me, and it, it just would be beautiful. So oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I'm just very grateful for everything. You know, whether I get the job or not, I just yes. have this connection that I, I feel so at peace. That is wonderful. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll share something too, Scott. Um, I, I when I was just I just did this week long Kundalini yoga teacher training that was extremely intensive, and. Um, and I, I'm going to be offering some Kundalini yoga videos to our group. Uh, and people can choose to try them or not try them if you wish. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I got really strongly on the retreat is uh, to how perfectly that that particular yoga and the teachings of Kundalini yoga about mind and meditation, working with the mind, is su such a perfect marriage with the Course in Miracles in many ways. Because the Course in Miracles talks about the body is one of the best tools that we have for working with the mind, and uh, Kundalini Yoga is so much about working with the mind. And Kundalini means Christ energy, so it's about bringing the Christ energy. Uh, through all the chakras to cleanse and clear and open the top chakra to the divine. So that, that's the purpose of Kundalini Yoga. And, uh, one of the ways that it works 
is to strengthen the nervous system and the hormonal system and to work on a glandular level. And um, for anyone who has uh, anxiety, nervousness, anxiousness, uh, these kinds of things, uh, it, it works so well with the nervous system, to strengthen the nervous system. Because when we, we constantly go into fight or flight mode, it's very difficult to stay grounded. Not that you can't do it, you can for sure. But um, it's, it's uh, definitely easier when you're really anchored. And that's what I learned when I first started practicing yoga is that in the yoga classes, your mind naturally goes to at times when it's physically challenging or even mentally challenging uh, that the mind goes to, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. This is too hard. How long is this going to last? Why am I doing this? I should, you know, what's wrong with these people? Why are they making me do this? And, you know, all these kinds of thoughts, you know, that you're, you're holding the posture and you're practicing the breathing exercises and the person next to you, you know, they're breathing in a way that they're kind of whistling or something. And it's like, oh, my God, am I going to have to listen to that all class? You know, and this one over here on this side of me has been farting garlic farts. You know, it's like, what the hell is happening here? You know, it's and you work, you have to work with your mind and your nervous system. And it's so much an opportunity to work with your mind and to to practice in a way that physically strengthens your nervous system. It also, there's so much of it that is for um, flexibility, anti-aging, youthing, all these different kinds of things that we're all interested in. And um, being more luminous and definitely lifting our vibration. So, um, and uh, the, I, I could go on and on as I, the more I learn about it. <clears throat> so just for anybody who really feels anxiety on any level, I, and I was just, to, earlier I was talking with Corinne Zucco about this. I'm just so clear that this is such a great tool for us to work at the level of the mind with the body. And uh, A Course in Miracles does not have clear direction about how to work with the body, um, and yet it tells us that our body, our body and our relationships are the two best tools we have for forgiveness, for uh, working at the level of the mind, but it doesn't really tell us how to work with the body. I, 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 at least I'm not aware that it does. And, you know, a lot of spiritual students think that in, in new thought, think that the denial of the body is the way to uh, spiritual expansion, but it's not. You know, the body is a tool. Let's not deny it. Let's use it and respect it and give thanks for it.
because we couldn't be manifest in this experience for this path of awakening without a physical body. And there are mystical teachings, and I, I, I feel they are true, that we have a, a being that is an elemental being. Uh, you know, the, the elemental kingdom is the one that builds everything that we see in the world. The, uh, you know, it's the elements of uh, fire, uh, air, water, mineral, all these elements. That, that's how we experience the world. And um, we have, each of us have an individual elemental being that manifests as our body. And uh, what the teachings are that our elemental body goes through every lifetime with us. And it basically just is committed to all those thousands of years of manifesting our thoughts. We have freedom of thought, freedom of will, what we're going to choose to think. And that elemental being goes along the whole journey and manifesting according to our beliefs to support us in having this human experience, lifetime after lifetime. And so we can really have an extraordinary transcendent experience. Uh, and we can tune into the body uh, in the most amazing ways. And in this training that I just did, the, the guru, uh, I was told that the guru said, oh, we're at time already, golly gee, uh, that the guru said that um, he, he had illness or the appearance of illness starting, at, at, and he... Um, he wasn't stretching enough. So here he is, he's teaching yoga every day of the week practically, and he was working too much and not stretching enough. So even though he was a very awakened being in many ways, it's still, you can't deny the body. We work with the body. All right, well, before we go, anybody else have any thoughts that they'd like to share about uh, any insights about the the kingdom? Lori. Well, I was sharing with my group that I had my, really my first uh, higher Holy Spirit self experience this weekend. And it's just been so hopeful. I um, I've been doing inner child work and um, a lot of the meditations that come out of it is the breathing exercises. And I'm looking at a page right now. And one thing that it says when we go to our higher self is that we take a deep breath, that we're, we live in a beta state. So it's on high alert. And as I noticed, I have been on high alert for my whole life. You know, because when you're on high alert and you're in beta, you're always looking for the next thing that's going to go wrong. And that's when how I've lived out of it. So I was doing my last finishing project for my inheritance in Idaho. And I was at my father's house. And um, I had done this work and I breathed and deep. And all of a sudden, 
at two o'clock in the morning, my grandmother came to me and she was showing me that she, what, what she did is she showed, we talked for two hours and it was so real. And my parents were in the background and I kept thinking, I've got to talk to my parents, but it never happened. My grandmother, the reason why I know it's my higher self is because she, every time I'd say, yeah, but I know that I've been kind of really attached to it. She just come from pure love and everything was beautiful and I understand and you're doing a good job and you just keep on going and she didn't try to fix or change anything about me and I felt like that was the first experience because what I've been doing is when I say higher spirit self or God I keep thinking they're going to come down and say you knock it off and you stop being you and you you change and you start like I had this that they wanted me to be a perfect me and the way my grandmother showed me is that I am a perfect me and 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 it was so beautiful she just said I am going to take care of tomorrow she said this is my house she built this house she said this is my house your dad's spirit doesn't live here I live here and I am going to go. She said, I'm going to take care of you tomorrow. And I just told her I wanted peace and I wanted harmony for the day. And we really had high, high um, beta anticipation because our brother, we haven't been getting along with him. Um, and my sister and I, and my husband were there, but we just talked, but it was so cool to be with somebody that just totally loved me and totally just said, I get it, I understand, you know, and, and then the next day, she arranged for not, it was just my husband and I and Tammy, and we thought it'd take us two weeks to move out of this house, 10 men show up, 10 men, 20 years old, strong, and these guys were not ones that just said, oh, I lifted that couch, I'll see you later, they said, they kept coming to me, and it was just the most harmonious, in sync day I've ever 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 experienced and I just knew that my higher Holy Spirit self was taking care of matters because I asked I visited I felt secure and safe and um, in three hours three hours we had a 26 foot uh, U-Haul completely loaded to the you know like they restacked it when it didn't work and we had it completely loaded and could shut the shut the gate within three hours of that. And the whole day, everything we did was completely taken care of, everything. Um, our brother completely stayed away. She told us that she would give us peace. And our brother, I don't know what she went and told him, but I'll tell you, he didn't come around. He let, had left us alone, so there wasn't any anxiety. And um, we were able to stay there for hours and hours without the interruption so I just really appreciate um I I just want to say one more thing about the beta so the beta when you breathe deeply you're setting yourself into the next level of of your self and you're able to breathe in and hear the hear yourself and hear your higher vibrations more and then when you you know breathe deeper they've got a theta and then they've got an alpha and I you're aware of that Jennifer oh yeah and um but to know that 
when you say, you know, when you are on this program and you're saying, just a minute, I've got to listen, and you're taking that deep breath, I can see now where the pause is the connection that we all need to do. And I'm always in a hurry to complete the task and I'm not taking that time. And so um, I just, I, I just know that life and spirit is safe, that I'm safe with this idea and I'm safe with, I just, I don't know if you can say that my grandmother's my higher Holy Spirit self, because I believe I am, but I believe that I was shown how to be my higher Holy Spirit self. I mean, by, be guided by that type of vibration and that type of spirit. Yes, yes. Well, and you this is what you've been looking for, what you've been asking for. And you've done the inner work to receive it, to allow it. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Laurie. Well, it's there, and I, I, I haven't really realized it. I just kept being in the fixed state or feeling like I needed to get fixed and not just in the allowing and asking state. And just, I just know that, that God is in our, I mean, there's only God and we make up the ego and just to have God guide and just to give up in that there's anything that's out there. That's not God. Well, there, there is, there's no spot where God is not. Right. Right. Yeah. But there, there are manifestations of the ego. Yes. Yes. We, but we make them up, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. There are illusions. So the pathway of light has an inner child work. Um, it's made by pathway of light. It's called yeah. um, healing inner child program. It's the program. And, um, and they just have you really work on a lot of the what blocks you have, what 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 are you putting up, what kind of memories are you putting up to block the spiritual path? Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, you and Tammy have been working very, very diligently, and through this whole experience, I'm so glad. You had a peaceful moving day and that you've had this extraordinary healing with your grandmother. Yes. And my thought, my brother and I threw in the white tag, uh, excuse me, threw in the white flag. Um, He wanted an object. I wanted an object. We had a tug of war the night before and my grandmother took care of it. She had him take, bring me what I wanted. It was an old, old mining car, underground mining car. And I went out and I kissed him. And, you know, sadly, when I kissed him, he acted like he, it was like kissing a dead man because he had no emotion for me because we've had such a hard year trying to divide our items. And it really hurt me. But I said, I love you. And that was the nicest thing you have ever done for me. And I said, and you can have your desk. And we, he didn't say anything to me. But when I left, I, I left with peace. And I left with, um, I, you know, it's just the white flag. And there's no conversation yet. We haven't talked to each other for a few months. But it was so fun that my, my uh, 
you know, that the spirit just absolutely, at least we were able to throw in a white flag before it was all over. Yeah. That's how I feel about the desk is it was the white flag saying, you know, we're not enemies. We're, we need to work together. And, and I know that he lives in my grandmother's house, so she'll be working on him. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's, let's close on that high note then. All right. So we take a breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful to place the kingdom first in our attention. So grateful to let all self-judgment go. So grateful to open ourselves to divine insight and the clarity. So grateful that our healing is occurring. We're allowing it. We're accepting it. We're setting ourselves free. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless. See you next week.